0: And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day to find out more visit parker.com slash purpose parker engineering your success hey my friends we will be right back to the show but i have a question for you are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma well know that you're not alone What's up, Unbroken Nation? Hello, my friends. I'm Michael Unbroken, host of the Think Unbroken podcast and founder of thinkunbroken.com. And I'm honored to be your trauma coach and mentor because I believe that everyone is capable of getting unstuck, cultivating self-love, and becoming the hero of their own story. I believe that when implemented correctly, the practical tools and education you will receive from this show will help you lead an unbroken and extraordinary life. I believe that no matter what we come from, that we all have the ability to choose ourselves first, to create and manifest a powerful and grace-filled future, and love the reflection in the mirror. I believe that every day is a day to grow, learn, heal, and change. That's why I started my company, ThinkUnbroken.com which is an online training and healing and personal growth platform where you get everything that I know about how to get motivated, be accountable, get out of the vortex, and become the hero of your own story through community, connection, and commitment. For more information, visit thinkunbroken.com. Please listen closely as you may learn just one thing that will help you be unbroken. And please share this episode with at least three of your friends because we all need community and connection in our healing journey. And be sure to DM me and tag me on Instagram at michaelunbroken so that I can say hi. I just wanna thank you again for being a part of this, for listening and being a member of the Unbroken Nation. Now, let's get into today's show and make the world unbroken. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Michael Unbroken here, author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma. And you are listening to the Michael Unbroken podcast. My friends, I am so pumped about today. I got my homie, Alan on with us he is the co-host of the next level university podcast is a business consultant specializing in helping business owners and executives maximize their growth impact and profitability and he has a co-host kevin who isn't with us today but they have an incredible podcast that you guys are going to want to listen to um alan before we get started, because you and I have a little bit of history, I just want to say thank you so much, my friend, for being here today and to sharing your message and your heart, your truth with the Unbroken Nation. Um, how are you, my friend? What is going on?
1: I'm doing so well. I think that life is such an evolution, and I'm currently going through my own sort of transformation here. So um, there have been a lot of growing pains lately, but I'm excited to be here, and I really appreciate I know when you and I first met, we we absolutely connected. I know we both had a lot of adversity in our childhood, a lot of traumas that we've overcome. And everybody's got a story, you know, and I think everyone has adversity to some extent. And even if you don't, that might be your adversity. You know what I mean? So I think I think this is very, very valuable. I like the the approach that you take to making your adversity your advantage. I think that's honestly what has shaped me into the man I am today. So I'm super excited because... I think it comes down to adversity and what you do with it, which is your choices, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the hard things I think probably for most people to wrap their head around, and this was my experience for so long, is understanding that adversity to some extent and what you do with it does in fact become a choice. I wanna dive into that more with you. However, before we do that, Little background. So you and I met a few years ago at one of Brendan Burchard's events, Influencer. And it wasn't that long ago, well, maybe it was at this point, 10 years ago, when I was like sitting and looking at Brendan Burchard, Tony Robbins, you know, these guys, these self-help gurus, quote unquote, right, if you're listening. And just being like, this self-help stuff is bullshit. Who does this? Who is this for? I'm not jumping up and down. I'm not celebrating life. What is happening? And then I understood something really important, and that is if you're always the smartest person in the room, you're actually the dumbest person in the room. And so I forced mm. myself to go on this personal growth and development journey through self-education. Talk to me quickly, because I'm, I'm so curious, how did you end up at Influencer sitting next to me all those years ago?
1: So it actually started when I was very young. I'll try to give you the the shortened version, but I was taught from a super, super young age that life is about choices. My mom said, Alan, you can be a CEO or you can be a farmer. I'm going to love you either way. But if you aim high and you go for CEO, you can wake up one day and just decide, you know what, I want to be a farmer. And I actually told that story once and someone reached out and said, hey, my aunt is a farmer. They work so hard. Like, so if anyone's out there, please don't get offended. My mom was trying to explain it to me when I was like seven of like, listen, aim high. Aim high in life. And work hard and you'll have choices. So fast forward a bit. I basically was told that I could take middle school off. So I got straight A's up into that point. My mom said in eighth grade, I could take eighth grade off. I'm sorry, not just middle school, eighth grade. And she said, you got to make me a promise though. If I let you get C's and D's in eighth grade, you got to promise me you'll get the president's award in high school. And the President's Award in high school basically means you get straight A's and you don't get any B's and you get a 95 or above GPA. I actually have a plaque signed by George Bush. And so she took a chance on me and she trusted that I would do that. And I did. And then I went into the college of my dreams, got a degree, blah, blah, blah. End up in corporate America and I job hop a lot and I'm soul searching. I'm super. I I say this, I I was a one percent earner by the age of twenty four. And the reason I say that is because of the truth of the matter. You, you've heard money doesn't buy happiness. A lot of people say that, okay? I, I actually reframe it. Money does not buy fulfillment. But lack of money can create pain. And so pretending that money doesn't matter is not a, a virtue. Um, but I do know that money does not buy fulfillment. The only thing that buys fulfillment is growth and contribution. So to answer your original question, I got in a car accident when I was 26 years old. And my father had passed away in a car accident when he was 28 years old and I was two years old. So I'm two, I lost my father in a car accident. That created a lot of adversity that I don't necessarily wanna get into the details of. And we can later in this conversation if you want to. But let's just say that um, suffering, I was no stranger to. Adversity, I was no stranger to. And so I'm 26 and I get in this car accident and there's this lift-kitted truck in front of me. And it was the brightest lights I'd ever seen. And I had that actual moment of like, this is it. This is the end. And for anyone who's never had a life or death situation, it's hard to explain. But for anyone who has, it's literally like the scariest thing in the entire world. And after that, fortunately, I was driving a 2004 Volkswagen Passat, which I used to call the tank. Both airbags did deploy. And me and my little cousin were okay. That said, after that, that really messed me up. And this is why I ended up going all in on personal development. I think we all have that sort of wake up, come to life moment where we have to face the naked truth, what I've come to view as the naked truth. And the naked truth of the matter was, is that I kind of, yes, I was aiming high. Yes, I was achieving. Yes, I was, you know, smart and successful. And yes, I had grown through a lot of adversity, but the truth was a lot of my life up to that point at 26 was seeking external validation. And when I faced the possibility of death, having understood that my father passed away when he was 28 and I'm 26 at the time, I I had tons of regret. I didn't really, I wasn't really proud of the man that I had become, not because I was a bad person, but really in hindsight, it's 2020, I I was not maximizing my potential. I wasn't. I was drinking too much and too often. I was partying. You know, I I partied in high school. I partied in college. And then I partied in corporate. And it wasn't like, it's weird even thinking back because it's not like I had, no one else thought I had a drinking problem. I just knew kind of that I had a drinking problem. And every single time I would choose to drink rather than read a personal development book or better myself, or it's almost like it just, took a self-respect hit. And so I had all that that regret at 26, and that's when I turned everything around. So I now live by this quote that hopefully will resonate. You cannot see the stars during the day. They are always there. But sometimes it takes the darkness to see what you simply could not within the light. The brightest star in the sky, the the North Star, I wear a, a North Star around my neck, and it guides me, especially when I'm in the dark. Especially when I'm in the dark. And I think this is what I've kind of come to. At chapter 32 of this life, I'm 32 years old, all the coaching calls and all the interviews and all the podcasts and all the speaking and consulting, I'm studying people all the time. And what I've come to realize is that it's what you do when you're in the dark that actually makes the biggest difference. The nighttime is going to come for all of us. The the challenging times and the adversities and the emotional pain is going to come for all of us. It's what you decide when you're in the dark that's actually going to make or break who you become. And after 26, after that car accident, I saw a light that I had never seen before too. Tony Robbins' TED Talk. I know you've probably seen it. Unbelievable. And the second star I saw was a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. There's a woman named Bronnie Ware from Australia who worked in hospice for eight years. She thought her job was to take care of the terminally ill, but her real job was to listen. She wrote a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. We've actually since interviewed her. Amazing woman from Australia. And she noticed through those eight years that all these terminally ill patients all said, I wish, I wish, I wish. And I, to this day, have a flashcard in my pocket with all five regrets. The number one regret of the dying is I wish I had lived a life true to myself and not what others expected of me. So long story long here, that's how I ended up going all in on personal development. After that, I was all in. And the reason why, and I often say this, I got so far to hell no when I almost passed away in that car accident and had to face my own mortality. That I went all in on hell yes. And I decided to go all in on my dreams and most importantly, all in on self-improvement, all in on personal development. And ever since then, here I am six years later, almost seven years later. And of course, Brendan Burchard, Tony Robbins, Ed Milet, all these people that were at rock bottom at one point and really built their way through personal development, whether it's Jim Rohn or whoever, it it just, it immersed me in the world. And it made me wake up to the idea that when I improve, my life will improve.
0: Man, that first off, amazing journey that you've been on. And I often recall, like you being very young, I, I made my first six figures at barely 21 years old working for a fortune 10 company. And I was a kid who literally had a high school diploma handed to him because I graduated from the worst high school and one of the worst high schools in America. And the corporate structure around partying and drinking, especially being in a sales environment at that time was like, we're going to go rage all night and no one had a problem with it. We'd get up and go back to work the next day, have some beers at my lunch break, so on and so forth. And then you find yourself in this really instant, interesting crux of who am I, of an identity crisis, of why is this okay? I don't feel good about it, but I'm doing it anyway. And then for me, what ended up happening is that at 25, and my listeners know this, I've shared this with you before, You know, finding myself at 25, putting a gun in my mouth and that being my rock bottom. And from there, understanding something really important about life, and that's that life only happens by keeping the promises that you make to yourself and by living within your own true authenticity. And that's a word that gets thrown around. And like, honestly, at some point you're like, yo, this is ridiculous. But the truth is that it does, with, it does exist within that context. And so what I'm curious about from your perspective, So much of life involves the choices that we make, and yet by proxy and perhaps environment, we are often using everyone else and everything else as a scapegoat to not step into who it is that we have the potential to be. Uh, Alan, talk about the power of choice and, and how it affects your life. So I often tell a
1: hypothetical story whenever someone asks me about choice and we have a, a speech called the five C's and there's a bonus C which is choice and this is the story that I tell so hypothetical and I'll, I'll be upfront about that because sometimes this t- story can trigger people there's a woman who's a mom in the park who has a two and a half year old son she puts him down in the sandbox because she sees an old friend she goes up to the old friend and they start catching up they were from high school together And the two-year-old had just learned how to crawl, crawls out of the park, into the street, hit by a car. Hypothetical story. Okay. Now, you and I and anyone I've ever told this story to could argue for days about whose fault it was, whose responsibility it was. Okay. The mom should have been paying more attention. For sure. True. Very true. The friend could have noticed who she was talking to, could have noticed the two-year-old crawling into the street. Yes, true. The driver should have been paying more attention. Also, true. The one thing that no one would ever argue is that it was the two year old's fault. Ever. Why? Because the two year old was not aware that cars are dangerous. And so, this is the interesting thing about choice all behavior is belief driven. And all beliefs are predicated on awareness or a lack thereof. And so every choice you make, what you say, what you do, what you don't say and don't do, what you think, feel, and believe are all a choice. But we're not always making those choices consciously, and most of us are not making them based on high awareness. And the truth of the matter is, is that at 16, I made a choice to go and lose my virginity to a girl that I had just met. And that's not a choice I would make at chapter 32. Why? Because now I'm aware that that was probably not an intelligent choice. So everyone out there listening can think of a choice they made in the past that was really not a great choice, not a good decision. So everyone think of one. Got it? Okay. Why did you make that choice? On some level, you weren't aware of the consequences, especially not the long-term consequences. Right? So here's the power of choice. We do what is fun and easy and pleasurable today at the expense of our own fulfillment and our own future.
0: Hey Unbroken Nation, a quick pause in today's episode to tell you about the brand new Think Unbroken app. That's right, I just released a brand new app in the app store that you can take the first course in the Think Unbroken curriculum, the Five Keys to Healing Trauma. It's a seven day course for free. All you have to do is go into your app store right now. You can pause this video and search Think Unbroken. That's on both Apple and Android. And you can take the Think Unbroken Five Keys to Healing Trauma seven day course for free. This is daily coaching from me. It's daily activities, daily check-ins. I built this course. In this app specifically to bring huge value to you in your life, where you're at and what you're trying to do and going next and becoming the hero of your own story. So check out the app store again, Apple and Android. Just simply search Think Unbroken and you will see the Think Unbroken app. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken.
1: Or we do what is hard and necessary and virtuous today for our future and for fulfillment. I think that choice comes down to this. I think we have a misunderstanding of what to optimize for. And I'll I'll, I'll, um, give you a little more clarity on that. How many times have you heard someone say, I just want to be happy? But the problem is, do we actually know how to do that? And do we know how to sustain it? See, I think happiness is misdefined in most people's subconscious. And therefore, they're optimizing for the wrong thing. What most people think is happy is actually pleasure. Hardcore example, but it it super makes sense, and it's a way to really get this point home. Watching porn will never fulfill you. Having sex with the love of your life is fulfilling but also pleasurable. See, if you're optimizing for fulfillment, you're going to have pleasure along the way. Versus the donut or the porn or the vice, whatever it is, the alcohol, like you mentioned. See, one of them is a self-respect hit. One of them is a self-love hit. One of them is a self-esteem hit. You mentioned keeping the promises you make to yourself. See, some people have let themselves down so much and so often that they stopped making promises. But when you stop making promises, you stop building self-esteem. When you stop building self-esteem, you stop dreaming. When you stop dreaming, you start start losing hope, and when you lose hope, and you lose that brighter future, and you lose self belief, of course you're gonna have to try to fill that void with pleasure, and it's this this nasty cycle of being stuck. What happened to you at 25 after rock bottom is you decided no more, never again. That's it. I'm gonna start actually making and keeping the promises that I make to myself, and then that has snowballed, and here you are, this incredible, inspiring human being that all of us are capable of being if we actually made the decision and stayed committed along the way.
0: Alan, in what I'll challenge you here, just so we can create something of value for people listening or watching. Easier said than done, right? And, and people will look at people like you and I and go, somehow they're special. But Alan, I'll tell you a secret. I'm not special. I don't know shit. I'm not any different than any other human being on planet Earth other than the fact that when I make declarations, I do everything within my power to see them through. And that requires a tremendous amount of sacrifice, as you know, and this is community, relationships, employment, career, entrepreneurship, having a podcast. There's always a sacrifice on the backside of moving towards your dream. But it all starts very simply in my belief about what you believe. Because what you think is what you speak and what you speak becomes your action and your action ultimately becomes your reality. Talk to me about the way that you used to talk to yourself prior to that accident and then after.
1: The way that I, it's a great, great, great question. Um, I've never been asked that question before. So I'm gonna really think on this one, okay? How did I used to th- talk to myself versus the way that I do now? <clears throat> I think I think the way I used to talk to myself, it's almost like this. I don't feel like I did it as consciously. So I almost can't answer it. I almost can't answer the question because I wasn't thinking about how I was thinking. So it's like, I can't tell you how I was talking to myself because I wasn't thinking about how I was talking to myself. At least not nearly as much as I am now. Whereas now I have all these questions rolling through my mind constantly. Am I maximizing my potential? What's the greatest use of my time right now? Where am I trading in pleasure at the expense of fulfillment? Uh, What can I do today that will make uh, my future self happy or fulfilled, fulfilled? Like I'm, I'm now very... We used to have a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. We rebranded to Next Level University. Hyperconscious means acutely aware. So to be transparent and honest here, I was not acutely aware of the way I used to talk to myself. I was not acutely aware of the way I used to think. I was I was a little bit on autopilot. And it, in comparison to the way I am now, I was a lot a bit on autopilot. And the unexamined life is not worth living. Socrates said that. I am now examining my life so frequently. Like every coaching call is a check out to check back in with my clients. Every conversation with my girlfriend now, like it all has to do with contemplating myself, contemplating life, contemplating the economy, contemplating philosophy, contemplating. And I think that the way I used to talk to myself was kind of, it was probably, this is who I think I am. This is what I'm going to do. And it was, it, honestly, here's here's the best way I can sum it up. The way that I used to live was the way that I think I should live. Now the way I live is the way I, I believe is aligned with my highest self. Whereas before it was kind of downloads from my environment. Like I had my true north, like Steve Jobs was my hero. I wanted to be a Fortune 50 CEO, but I feel like that was what I thought I was supposed to do. Whereas now I'm doing what I believe is best. And it's not based on anything outside of myself, really. Of course, it's based on my understanding, but it's it's more of an inner compass that I follow now. And, and honestly, I even say often, Emily and I will talk, my girlfriend, and I'll say, I just got a download earlier, sweetheart. I want to share this with you. And what I mean by a download, you can call it infinite intelligence, you can call it a subconscious uh, breakthrough, you can call it spiritual guidance, you can call it intuition. I got a download, and I feel compelled to share it. That inner compass that I have, I'm telling you, after my car accident, man, I just stopped listening to anyone outside of me. And I started finally listening to my own intuition and my own emotional, mental, and, and spiritual guidance system.
0: This super profound, man. Um, I, I'm actually excited no one's ever asked you that question before. I, I think frequently the same thing. I and many people who have a traumatic experience or come through evolution and ultimately create a change in their life come to as much self-awareness as I think we're probably capable of having as a sentient being. And within that context, you start to define, self-define who you are. Thus, what I believe, and I'm going to put words in your mouth for just one moment of I'm not going to ask people who I should be. Instead, I'm going to follow my gut and my intuition, which is simultaneously not only terrifying, but literally the most empowering thing I think that a human being is capable of of doing, but so often our environment to your point, right, interacts and engages with us in a way that thus helps us create and make meaning of who we're quote unquote supposed to be leading us down this path to which we are often in conflict with self. And then you use a point of measure of who is around me, right? Because so much of that influence is about not only your inner circle, immediate people, but your outer circle. Were there times in now, especially, let's talk post-accident, right, this moment, this this breakthrough, where you had to redefine your inner circle? And if so, how did you change that?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I, I often talk, uh, have you read the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Yeah, I'm Covey certified, actually. Okay, fire. Yeah, that's right. We talked about that. So you know how he has the pleasure center and the family center and the, all the different centers? Um, in order to answer your question, I think we should start there. I, I, you inherit your you inherit your center based on your environment as a kid. So we're all born naked, scared, and ignorant, with a pristine hard drive, a pristine you know. The only fears we have are the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Everything else is downloaded. I always say we're born limitless and taught to be limited. And so, <clears throat> I inherited a pleasure-centered paradigm. My my mom and stepdad. Um, so after my father passed away, I had a stepdad until I was 14 years old and then he, he left and that's another story, but they had a very pleasure centered paradigm, whether they are aware of it or not. They just, they, they believed subconsciously that life was about fun. And, and because of that, they did all the things that are quote unquote fun. And so to answer your original question, I want all your listeners out there to think about this. Like what paradigm did I inherit? A pleasure-centered paradigm is basically a deep subconscious belief that, that, that what's pleasurable is good. I no longer have that belief. I actually have the opposite belief. I actually think what's pleasurable is typically outside of alignment with what you're capable of and your greatest level of growth and contribution. So what Stephen Covey talks about is how to create a principle-centered paradigm. Some people are family-centered, some people are pleasure-centered, some people are work-centered, some people are church-centered. A principle-centered paradigm is predicated on being your own philosopher. What's a principle? I'll give you one example of a principle. Okay, one example. Hard work is a good thing when it's congruent towards your dreams. That's one principle one philosophy that you can either live by or not. It's kind of like our our rule book that guides us. But are you creating your own rule book? And so to answer your original question, looking back, I had a pleasure-centered paradigm and I didn't know it. And when I was 26 years old, I woke up to the the consequences of the pleasure-centered paradigm And then I decided to create my own principle-centered paradigm based on my own understanding. And what I used to do is take take my circle, because your original question was about your circle, and let that influence who I am. I flipped that. Now who I am is going to dictate who I spend time with. And so to make this as simple as possible, but but hopefully it will land for everybody. When you're born, if I was born in Shanghai, I'd, spe- I'd speak Chinese. If I was born in Massachusetts like I was, I would speak English. Not because I was inherently more well-designed for Chinese than English, but because of where I was born. So whatever you grew up in, whatever your inner circle was when you grew up, it was not by choice. It was by fate. Okay? or chance, whatever you want to believe. Once you become aware of how much your circle influ- influences and impacts who you are, you can decide to flip that. And you can say, okay, I am no longer going to be a product of my environment and of my circle. I am now going to make my circle a product of me. And that's what I did. And this story will will really resonate. I remember in high school, or no, in I was a junior in college and I would still party at home. We grew up on a lake and I would invite all my college friends to my, and my high school friends to my home during the breaks. And we would have these big bonfires and it was, we had a lot of fun. A couple of years later, after my car accident, I invite this one kid. His name is Sean. Um, he was my roommate at the time. And I invited him after one of my fitness shows. And I had another party with a lot of, people at it. And he literally sat me down later that night. And he said, it is unbelievable how much different these parties are. And these people are than they used to be. And I had this moment with myself and I thought it was fascinating. He's like, dude, hardly anyone's even drinking here. I didn't drink at the time. I was after my fitness show, celebrate my fitness show. And I said, Sean, the parties aren't different. I'm different. So all the people that used to, the law of attraction, all the people that used to be attracted to those parties were people who were like me. They had similar core aspirations, core values, core beliefs. At this other party, I attracted a ton of bodybuilders and a ton of fitness people and a ton of personal development people because that's who I became. And so how did I change my inner circle? I changed myself and and I allowed me changing myself to act as both a filter and a magnet. So who you are at all times is a, is going to filter out the people who don't belong and magnetize in the people who do as long as you take that inner guidance system, that inner truth dial and dial it up. The more you dial that inner self, that uniqueness up, the more you will filter out the wrong persons, places, things, and ideas. And the more you will filter in the right persons, places, things, and ideas.
0: I fully believe in the idea that the catalyst for the reciprocation of our environment begins internally a more simplified way to say that is who you are is represented by what you attract you know ie what you just stated right however and and this is where i want to go with this choice again to where we began this conversation plays inevitably an unparalleled role Because you have a choice in who is and who is not in your life. At 14 years old, I put a restraining order on my mother. At 18, I told her I'd never talk to her again. Without one of the most difficult choices I've made to this day still of my life, I can guarantee you, Alan, I would not be speaking to you right now. Did you know that recent studies show that CBD has incredible benefits for helping with physical pain? I haven't suffered from chronic pain. I've mentioned it before. And with NW Recovery's Lavender Eucalyptus Salve, I have that pain dissipate like nothing else I've ever tried. I love NW Recovery not only because their products are non-psychoactive, which is really important to me, but also because they are created by Navy SEALs. So Thank you so much for your service. If you're interested and you want to learn more about NW Recovery's CBD balm of lavender eucalyptus, then check out nw-recovery.com and use the keyword unbroken to save 20% on your first order. Again, that's nw-recovery.com and use the keyword unbroken to save 20% on your order. The idea of making choices that are incredibly difficult is not only daunting, but at times, feels like a betrayal of who we are internally. And even intellectually, because we come from this environment and we look at it as this thing supports me, even though it's an asshole. How do you... How do you like really step into that commitment of I'm going to change my inner circle because I understand that it is to the detriment of the future of fulfillment that I want to have?
1: Yeah, um, this is one of those things that's so hard to teach because <clears throat> it's it's brutal. It's nothing short of brutal. And anyone who, I mean, that choice that you made, man, and I understand that if I didn't make, it's fascinating. Um, if I didn't make some of the choices that I made, we wouldn't be having this conversation either. And I think it comes down to a couple things. One, you have to understand, and this is one of the weirdest things ever, man. I was on the phone with a client recently and I'm like, she's like, I just don't have the discipline that you have. I said, no, you're less aware of the downside. That's all it is. I feel like I, I, I know what this future is that is possible and if i don't show up for my highest self today i know that takes a hit your inner circle like you said if you you don't understand how much it impacts your future so if your listeners are out there and they want me to answer this question about how do you make those hard choices about your inner circle if you understood if i could sit there and say you're going to you're not going to achieve your dreams you're not going to have the impact you want to have you're going to have regret You're going to potentially be broke. You might end up getting divorced. You will not be fulfilled and your kids will know that you're not fulfilled because they can tell energetically. Like if you knew the downside of the 10, 20, 30 years out, you would definitely change your inner circle today. And this is the thing, man, I'm 32 years old and I went for father's day. Kevin and I always spend father's day together because we both grew up without fathers. And, we're actually starting a, a charity called the Next Level Hope Foundation, which is going to be unbelievable. But every Father's Day since we started working together, we spend together because that's traditionally been a fairly sad day for us. And now we we get together and we talk about our goals and our dreams. And eventually we want to also do that for kids without fathers, boys um, without fathers as well. But I went back to my old home. We grew up on a lake and we went fishing and I, we've since sold the home like it's not I don't own it anymore, which was also weird <laughs> being home without it being home, you know. And uh, we had a competition, 13 fish were caught. I'm not going to say any numbers, but Kevin only caught five of them. You know what I mean? So, you know, we know who won. Uh, No, I'm just joking. But I remember thinking to myself, I had all these memories flooding me. And I realized in hindsight that most of the environments that I found myself in, I think that I didn't make the tough choices as much as I should have and honestly and i'm not i'm i'm going to take full ownership i told you at the beginning of this episode that i was in a an interesting growth phase here's why i agree with what you're saying not changing your inner circle will affect your life more than anything else that i'm aware of and i didn't change it quick enough i eventually changed it man i eventually got unstuck but i'll i'll tell you what that that i kept people for a few more chapters than i should have and that's the god honest truth and i'll tell you what I made a new decision recently. My new decision, and this was a self-decision. I said, from now on, I will. N- my goal is to help people maximize their potential. That's who I am. That's who I've always been, even when I didn't know I was doing it. The only way to do that is to add value to people. And what I've figured out is I can't add value to people if they don't value me. So this is the decision I made, simple but difficult. I will no longer spend or invest any more time, energy, or money anymore into anyone who does not value me at a level 10. That sounds hardcore, but here's, here's my my reasoning. Anytime I've ever not had the courage to trust my intuition when it came to people, I always regretted it. And I... I know spiritually that my calling is not going to manifest if I don't make those hard, courageous choices. And what's been fascinating is that I've had a lot of people who didn't value me at at a level 10 actually come back and value me at a 12 and say, hey, man, I was a real dick to you at the beginning of your dreams. I'm so sorry. Can we jump on a 30-minute call? You know why? Because I chose to value myself. And that's what I have faith in. I'm putting my faith in that. My faith is in my own alignment with my own highest self and trusting that the right person's places, things and ideas will be attracted to me rather than trying to fight to try to stay in the lives of other
0: people. That's powerful, man. And congratulations for making that choice because the only way you create change in your life is by creating change. And I really want people to hone in on what you just said. You said something, and you may not even caught it in that moment, which was a very binary statement. I will, for the lack of a better way to put this, I believe that the way that we think about who we are in the world, there is no space for gray area. I believe gray area exists in a lot of elements of being a human being, but not in the way we show up. And what I mean by that is you said, I am the kind of person that... This is a very yes or no statement. And when you get incredibly clear, concise, and poignant about the person that you are, while in alignment with your values, your wants, needs, interest, and you didn't use this word, but I'll add it, boundaries, mm. the world will thus reflect that. But there is a requirement that you didn't touch on that I know is a part of who you are, because we happen to know each other, which makes this a, a, a level of depth that I don't always get to share. You deploy consistency in mm-hmm. your life. Because when we met years ago, you said to me, I foresee my life being this and I told you, Alan, I foresee my life being this. Yeah. And here we are intersecting again in a very different dynamic and parameter and paradigm than when we met years ago, sitting next to each other in the crowd.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Talk to me about the power of consistency in your life.
1: <clears throat> so of the five C's that we talk about at Next Level, it's it's called the five C's of a next level life. Uh, And there's a bonus C and the bonus is choice. I already told you guys that. First one is clarity. You've talked a lot about clarity on this episode, which I love because it's so critical. Second one, commitment. Become more clear, commit. Third one, confidence. It can be built over time. Fourth one, consistency. That's my favorite one, other than choice. And then the last one is community, which is your inner circle. We're actually touching on all of them in, in, you didn't even know about them, which is just so cool how this is working. Um, and then the the sixth one, the bonus one, is choice consistency. Okay. I think the first thing to understand about consistency, this is a simple statement. Um, we interviewed Stephen Kotler. You know who Stephen Kotler is? Okay, uh, just wrote a book called The Art of Impossible. Unbelievable book, man. Just neuroscience for days, and it's excellent. Great interview. He has one quote in that book that I absolutely adore. He said, "You know, very little is actually impossible given a decade." Fire. It's like that's true. I reversed it. I inverse thing inverse things. I'm math guy. Um almost nothing is possible given a day. You and I want to do the splits tomorrow? Can't do it. You want to climb Mount Everest tomorrow? Can't do it. Want to be a concert pianist tomorrow? Not possible. Want to be a millionaire tomorrow? Not possible unless you already are. (laughs) Right? I don't know. Um, But yet in a decade, we can do all of those things. All of them. If. If we can be consistent. If you're out there listening right now, Think about this. Your dreams are possible. That's why you have them. If you can't be consistent, they're not possible. We just surpassed 645 episodes of Next Level University. If we couldn't be consistent, man, I mean, we're pretty successful now, and I'm very blessed, and I feel grateful. I mean, we've gotten, again, I'm not going to sit here and talk about our success, but I'll tell you what, man, I remember trying to shoot for four listens a day. You know what I mean? Like, we got 4,000 like three days ago. It's like, I remember four a day was like a, I remember a good week was like 20 listens. You know what I mean? We have clients now, tons of podcasters. And they're way, I'm like, guys, you're way ahead of us. My girlfriend has a podcast called the Why Power Podcast. We had more listens in the last week than they did all year. And they're way ahead of where we were. When we were one year in, they were, they're way ahead of that. Um, so consistency, I I can talk for days about it. Again, when you see someone who's self-disciplined, two things. Number one, they're not self-disciplined in everything. They're not. Most people who are healthy aren't wealthy. Most people who are wealthy aren't healthy. Most people who are healthy and wealthy don't have a great intimate relationship. Very few people do it all. And it's why it's really challenging. I'm trying to do it all. It's very, very difficult. Um, Health, wealth, and love. That's what our slogan is. So number 1, it's really difficult to be consistent in everything, so choose wisely. Number 2, I am not more disciplined than you. I'm more aware of the downside of discipline. I'm going to I'm going to rephrase that and I'm going to land it even better. I am not naturally more self-disciplined than anyone listening. I've developed more self-discipline and consistency because I'm more aware of the long-term mathematical downside of inconsistency. Albert Einstein called the law of compounding the eighth wonder of the world. We had more listens last week than we did the entire first year. I'm not more into consistency than anyone else. I'm just more aware, aware of how little you can achieve without it. And that's what I want to give to your listeners. Like, there's no reason, okay, exercise for 20 minutes a day. Everyone can do that. Can. Totally possible. Unless you're in a wheelchair or or something extreme. Um, In which case, um, I'm so sorry. But in theory, it's easy. In practice, consistency is one of the hardest things in the world. I actually think human beings are some of the most inconsistent creatures on the planet genuinely and i think that's empowering actually because now you can fight against inconsistency and actually be consistent um if you look at all the most successful people at their craft they all have that one thing that never stopped goal one gain momentum goal two accelerate the momentum goal three see goals one and two
0: yeah I love it man. Here here's what's so fascinating about yet again us just crossing paths in this really intense way in my coaching program, community, connection, commitment. Like that is those are my 3 Cs, right? And uh and I love it cuz it's so true because it holds over. It crosses all boundaries and barriers of human existence and I think that at baseline you have to have them all, right? In order to go to the next level. And I wanna I wanna just coattail quickly on what you just said. Everybody starts at zero. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't know how to ride the bike. Nobody knows how to make the money. Nobody knows how to do the self-love thing. Nobody knows how to step into the self-healing journey. Nobody knows how to do fucking anything.
1: We <laughs> all
0: start at zero. The difference between success and failure in your life is what you choose to do. And that all starts with how you think and speak to yourself because how you think is everything. Alan, my friend, before I ask you my last question, tell everyone where they can find you.
1: Anyone out there, if this resonated, um, this I felt like was a very deep and authentic episode to me. So if you did resonate with this, I think that um, you'll probably resonate with a lot of what we do. Again, Next Level University. We're on all the podcast platforms. We're on YouTube. Um, you can reach out on Instagram at a Lazarus 88 alazaros A-L-A-Z-A-R-O-S-8-8. You can also go to nextleveluniverse.com. It's not nextleveluniversity.com. It's Next Level Universe because it encapsulates everything Next Level. So, nextleveluniverse.com. Honestly, reach out if this resonated, even if it's just to say, Hey, I really loved that episode. Thank you so much. My only goal on this episode was to. Nobody's going to change your entire life in one hour, but one tiny shift can change the trajectory of your life forever. My motto is 1% improvement every day. Um, I actually did the math out once. When we hit 600 episodes, I wanted to understand this. If you improve by one percent every day for 600 days i did the math out i actually put a thousand bucks into a financial calculator and i put it in for uh, one percent per day iterations for 600 days you have 384 grand so you get 384 times better if you can be one percent better per day for 600 days and so we did 600 episodes and i i there's this photo that goes from 100 to 300 to 600 and it's like mind-blowing how we didn't have a studio I mean we we were brutal man we were a couple kids with a big dream right like you said everyone sucks at first we were terrible at first but that's the problem we say oh i can't i can't podcast that's cuz you're seeing us we're already way in it we're of course we we look great but no one knew us back then right everybody starts somewhere every beginner every expert was once a beginner so that's the one thing i would say is if you are interested in 1% improvement every day that's what we're about and uh reach out
0: I love it, man. My last question for you, my friend, is what does it mean to you to be unbroken?
1: I really appreciate the question. Again, another question I've never been asked before. I want to try to find the most integrous answer I can. What does it mean to me to be unbroken? I... uh, I don't wish for, okay, for me, anyone who knows my life intricately knows that normal and ordinary was never going to be a thing for me. Even for something as simple as my father passing away at two. I mean, if you're out there listening, think about your relationship with your father, like all of the good and the bad and all of it. Like imagine just never having that. So like that created a lot of adversity right from the get, you know, and a lot of people meet me now and they see the way my life is. And I do think that they get the impression that that I got lucky a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm tall and blah, 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 like in shape, good looking, all that. It's It couldn't be further from the truth. And, and I don't say that because I want pity. I say that because I think I was given a gift. And here's what the gift was. What does it mean to be unbroken? I had so much self-belief and so much adversity which is what created so much strength what it means to be unbroken is i i whatever this is that i've that i've built it's 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 so powerful and so unique and and it only ever got stronger through all the shit it only ever got stronger Dude, I was talking to my girlfriend last night about this, and she asked me about Father's Day and what it was like to go back to my old town and I I said, "Babe, I mean, honestly, I'm really bad. But it's what I did with it that mattered. And so what it means to be unbroken is it's not what happens to you, it's what you choose to do about it. It's choice. It's choice. You you can be unbroken if you choose to be. But you have to understand that it's going to be hard." And the very last thing I'll say is this. I do not wish for you to have an easy life. I don't. I wish for you to have a challenging but deeply meaningful life. The easy road is never going to fulfill you. The challenging, proactive growth road will. The one of growth and contribution. Choose, find your uniqueness, grow to your maximum potential and use that to serve the world in your own unique way. And I promise you that will be more challenging but but far more meaningful
0: well said my friend unbroken nation thank you so much for listening please like subscribe comment tell a friend and until next time my friends be unbroken i'll see you unbroken nation hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode i want to know And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it.